welcome to the Charleston Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Farina, and we are back at the Moxie. It's another day recording this lovely podcast, and it's also another day where I am all jazzed up on coffee. Like, had way too much, way too much. But I also think my like my Adderall just like hit me different today. Like some days, like when I take it, it just winds me up. And today's one of those days. And I posted a story on my Instagram earlier today, and it was a video, and I think I'm doing it right now, video where I was talking really, really fast, and I didn't think anything of it. I was just chit-chatting about my girls' event that the tickets went on sale today, and so many people commented and was like, whoa, like you had coffee, like you're talking really fast. And I was like, oh, okay. My one friend was like, ever heard of decaf? And I was like, oh my God. But here's the thing, like, would you rather me talk really fast or really slow? I think that is like, you know, both are annoying, I think, and they're in different ways. But you know how people talk about on TikTok and stuff, like of how influencers have that like accent almost and they talk really, really slow and blah, blah, blah. I couldn't even do that if I tried. Um, but, you know, pick your battles, people. Anyways, today's episode, <laughs> moving right along. Today's episode is going to be a fun one because we are talking all things events. Um, and as you guys kind of know, if you've listened to my first episode or if you've just followed along my, you know, journey, I sort of just fell into the events world, like almost accidentally. And now it's literally a business, which is so weird. And like, if for some reason you don't know, like the Charleston Diaries obviously is a media co company pretty much. And, and a a portion of it is events. And I host girls events around Charleston. Um, some events actually are co-ed and they're themed and it's just a great way for people to come together, make friends, you know, support local, um, all that kind of stuff. And I've been doing it for almost a year and a half, which is crazy. But how I got started um, is when I first started posting on TikTok, like just a quick rewind, you know, recap. Um, I posted on TikTok, started that in 2022, June of 2022. And one of the most commonly asked questions that I got from girls as I posted Charleston content was like, how do I make friends in Charleston? And also like, how do I make friends in general? How do I make, I make friends post-grad, like in my 20s, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of girls asked me to hang out, get drinks, dinner, all that kind of stuff. And which I did with a few, but then I was like, wait, I don't have time to meet everybody. And like, this is becoming bigger than I can handle. And so I was like, wait a second, light bulb moment. There's clearly a demand for this. And so I was like, what if I host a girls event to bring everybody together? And of course I was like, so scared to put that out there because I was like, oh, I feel like no one will come. Like people will think it's a stupid idea, blah, blah, blah. But I did it anyways, put my fears aside and girls were so excited. Like I posted a TikTok about it. It was just like, who would want to come? Who would want to do this? Blah, blah, blah. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I, I'm pretty sure I like faked it till I made it. Um, but I had no clue because there was no blueprint for that. Like no one had done this before me. So I was just like, going for it all in. Like, what the hell am I doing? But I may as well give it 100%. And the only other events experience I ever had was when I was working at the Post and Courier marketing department, which was my first job in Charleston. And I helped with the Steeplechase of Charleston event. And that was like pretty much it. But it was that event that I realized like how events are perfect for me because they remind me of so much of swim meets. And I grew up a swimmer. I coached swimming for many years. And like coaching is my favorite thing ever. I, I know I've definitely talked about it a lot on here. And like, my childhood dream was to be the head coach of my summer swim team. And I achieved that at age 20. And by the time I was 22, and it was time for me to step down and move along like with my life, I was like having a crisis, like a, a less than a quarter life crisis, but a crisis nonetheless, because if you know swimming, then you know that there is nothing like summer league swimming. Like it is just the best thing in the world. And I was like, how will I ever feel this like feeling again? How will I ever feel this high of, of all of this again? Because it's just the best. And it took me two and a half years later, um, when I worked on the steeplechase event for me to realize that like running an event 
very much replicated like running a sweat meet for me it's a very similar feeling like the hard work going into it it's grueling it's exhausting it's non-stop it feels like but when, then when the day comes and it for it to all come to life whether it's like your coaching and your swimmers like you got them so ready for their championship meet and they do so well or if it's an event and you work so hard and it just is so successful like it's all so worth it to see the finished product so it's like events are so special to me because of this and it's like it's helping me kind of like fulfill my childhood dreams but in a different way it's like I, I was able to like pivot these childhood dreams kind of and it's helped me to find this feeling that i love so much and it makes me feel like i have purpose i have meaning obviously i know i do i know i do anyways but it, this helps that feeling and, and then you add in the reasons behind the events which is a way to bring people together a way to make friends like to support local businesses and all that kind of stuff and i'm just like wow this feels magical sometimes and i know that's probably just sounded like the cheesiest thing in the entire world but like it's true and it's like i found my process i found my blueprint for doing this and it's amazing and and it, it, that having that that i've worked really hard to create has helped me like really elevate these events and it's going to help me continue elevating these events this year which is like what i really plan to do and like you guys these events that i have planned are so cool for 2024 like i had some great meetings last week they're they are just all coming together and i can't wait to share more it's just gonna be awesome but my next event is a galentine's girls night out event at the backyard at little palm um which is at the rider hotel and it's gonna be a very interactive event it's gonna be a little different than ones that i've done in the past this is just gonna be a great event it's a great place to celebrate your female friendships which we all know i'm so passionate about that but it's also a great place to make new friends if you need to not need to, if you want to make new friends, it is a great place because everybody's so welcoming at these events. They are just like ready to have fun, ready to mingle. It is gonna be great. But anyways, today we have a special guest. We have Jared Kensky of Blue Steel Productions. They run so many amazing events in Charleston. They do all the bar crawls downtown, which I'm sure if you live in Charleston, you know, and I'm sure you've attended most of them. They are so much fun. They're always bopping around and they are always themed, which we love. We love a theme over here. Obviously we both do events, but kind of like different types of events. So we're gonna be all things events, obviously, but also just like events in Charleston. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Charleston Diaries, Jared. Thank hey. you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. How are we doing today? A little tired. A little tired. Yeah. It's been a long 10 days, but okay. doing all right. Good. How are you? I'm good. I wish I had your energy. Well, I try to get us espresso martinis at the bar, but they were not up until three. So that kind of limited the opportunity to give me a pick me up. And you know, it's funny. I probably should not have any more coffee because I had way too much today and I was all jazzed and I made an Instagram story talking and a lot of people commented on that. I sounded absolutely wired. So maybe I shouldn't have an espresso martini right now. Well, good thing the bar doesn't have until three. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, so you are the boss man of Blue Steel Productions. Before we get too much into yeah. event talk, let's chat about you. Okay. Tell us who you are. Tell us all about you, Jared. Shit. I think maybe give me some more questions I can answer. Uh, Jared Kensky from a, I'm from the Mount Pleasant of Annapolis. Okay. I okay. live in Mount Pleasant. It was not much of a culture shock. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in Charleston for call it 22 years. I went to college in Charleston. Okay. That for not more than not four years. I okay. was there for a while. Okay. But you were there. Uh, yeah. I think Van Wilder was slightly based off me, even though Bert stole my story. Uh, <laughs> and then I moved home to Maryland. Mm -hmm. After right after college or right after college. Okay. We'll get into that. Okay. We'll trust your gut stuff. Oh, yes, uh, yes, yes. Came, and came back here 2006, and I've been here since. Okay. Very nice. Yes. Do you ever see yourself going anywhere else? Or do you think in, this, in the United States, else? absolutely not. Okay. Here's the tip, kids. Here's a plan to potentially go to move to Costa Rica. If you ever see an event, <laughs> I will put some code words in there. Do not buy tickets to those events. 
Because that means I can't come back because the FBI will be looking for this. Noted. We're taking notes over here. If you ever see a bar crawl that, that was hosted by us that doesn't say on King Street, do not buy tickets. Do not go. That is for the, the general public to finance my Costa Rica experience. Oh, I kid, I kid. I'm too- I'll make a fundraiser for you. You know, I thought about throwing the We Need to Pay Our Taxes bar crawl. Oh, my God. And see how that goes. Then maybe we need to buy that's the boat a, bar crawl. good idea. I just don't know if our audience is that loyal yet. Yeah, maybe not yet. But I would love to uh, pay, pay, help us pay our taxes bar crawl. Yeah. It really started with, I want to buy the boat bar crawl. Yeah. I mean, we'll invite you guys. Yeah. We'd have fun. Come. I have a great I'll partner time. with you guys. <laughs> love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so how long have you been in an events or slash have you always been in events? I was the social organizer of my friend group when I was 13 <laughs> and on. Um, I feel like that's how it always goes. I kind of feel the same way. Even like we need to talk to parents. Like once you give us all the kids to do something, you still have to talk to their parents and driving everybody. Right. Like it was like that detailed. Um, So (laughs) as I said, I went to the college house and I was in a fraternity. Mm -hmm. I was my pledge classes, social chair. And like, that's really not even, well, it wasn't a thing 20 some years ago, but like we had four or five mixers in that one semester as pledges. Like, yeah, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Right. So I initiated in a semester and I became the social chair of the chapter. That kind of was the springboard. And like, I was always the guy too. Like when we have like our rush parties, like our budget was fifteen hundred bucks. Now me and my buddies would spend three thousand dollars, and we would just go to the tre- you know we figure out who on the we, you know one semester we had a treasurer that we could just really roll over and just convince me to get the checks. And then yeah. executive council started ringing on that, so we would just go to our twenty party or friends in the college and in, in the chapter. We would just personally raise the money because I thought this party needed all these things, and they agreed with me. So we would all just pay for it out of our own pockets. Oh my gosh, because <laughs> the, the party needed to happen. Yeah, so. Fast forward, like, you know, just always been the organizer. Like, okay, let's get 50 people on a party bus to go float the other stuff. You, you, like, go this all, go on, like, vacation. Like, I was always the guy that had the idea and then organized everybody to do it and pay into it. Like, let's go do these things and let's just have an awesome fucking fun time. Right. And I started throwing some bar crawls, like, just for my friends because they were always fun. I really enjoyed doing them, but like, oh, cool. Nobody was really doing bar crawls in Charleston. So I was like, let's, let's just go talk to some bars and, begged for the, like one beer special and like one shot special and like mm-hmm. let's get some people to go out we did that for like three or four years and i ended up becoming friends with two people that worked for let's call it bud light you know you have to have a distributor in south Carolina. they work for the distributor yeah one guy was a sales rep and one and his girl his girlfriend at the time who's now his wife was the marketing manager oh nice so through him like he's like hey let me put my brands on here because actually helped him sell through his brands the day of our crawl because we're bringing 150 people and drinking like three or four beers per bar like mm-hmm. that helps him sell his brand. So it got to the yeah. point where he was like, literally, I was just telling the date and he would go pick the bars for me and set the bar crops. I really wasn't even doing any work, but we weren't charging people. It was just, you know, a hundred, 150 friends going out. And okay. hammered. Oh my gosh. Wow. So when we started doing that and my friends were like, you should turn this into a company. And I'm like, seems like, like a lot of fun, but how, how the hell are you going to make like money? How? Yeah. how the fuck are you going to make money? Mm-hmm. Let's say we, you're lucky. You get 300 people to show up and you charge an average 300 or, you know, $30, $30 a ticket. Three grand. How many bar crawls do you realistically do? And at the time, I was thinking, okay, three on King Street, three in the market, three in Folly, three in Sullivan's, three in Avondale, three in Park Circle. And I was like, it, it just—it's still like I, was like I don't see I'm going to sell three hundred tickets. Like that was like kind of my, my top end thought process. Yeah. And then with talking, to, and so ironically, the marketing piece of the relationship, mm-hmm. um, the, the the now wife, is big time know it all, big time know it all. Any idea it's not hers is an absolutely terrible idea. And so we would always talk. She's like, you need to go. So there was, there's a guy in Savannah that did bar crawls and I don't know what his actual revenue was, but he made enough money, cash profit off to buy like three bars in Savannah. It's like that. There was money there. I'm like, well, how the fuck do you make that kind of money? 
And she, she's like, you need to work for Brian. I'm like, I'm not going to go work for this guy. I got most of it down. Yeah. I just need this process. Like, I'll partner with him on the Charleston branch of his company. Right. It sucks for Brian. And I'm sorry, Brian. Megan never told Brian that we had these conversations. She was oh. just convinced because it was her idea that I worked for him that I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And in convincing me what I didn't know what I was doing, she would tell, or I didn't know what I know. She would tell me what I didn't know. So I would just pretend like I was drunk and we'd be on the back of their boat and she'd just get hammered and run in her mouth trying to be like that she was proving to me that she knows much more about this, but I'm just mentally taking notes. I'm yeah. like, all right, well, I think I know what I'm doing. At least I know 80, I know a lot more about it now than I did before. Right. About how you like generate revenue, like getting sponsors and things like bringing outside, just not just ticket sales. Like there's three buckets of revenue in one, from the bar crawl side of things. Yeah. So she calls me on like January 5th. 2006, 2000, or 17 or 16 or 17. I can't remember what year we started the company. Uh, first version of the company. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, Brian's, we just changed the contract with Brian. And, he, and this is how she talks. We just changed the contract to me, at least. This is how we changed the contract with Brian. So he's actually contractually obligated to expand to Charleston for the years over. So you need to get with him now because once he's got his footprint here, like he's not going to need you. Oh. And so I gosh. called my first business partner and I said, hey, he and I, we were both very creative and very uh, social and and drank a shit ton. <laughs> and it seemed like for three years, every Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, we would be at shelter and we'd be like 15 of us to get the shelter. We have a great time. And one o'clock, there'd be like eight of us left. He and I were at the bar by ourselves and the girls would all be dancing on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And he and I would spend like that one to two, just drunkenly come up with these crazy, stupid business ideas. So I called him like call it February. and say, Hey man, I'm tired of working for people. You're creative. I'm creative. Like let's go to lunch and let's see if we can remember any of the, the 400 ideas we came up with at shelter. Yeah. Couldn't go up with shit. Could not remember a damn thing. We even started <laughs> drinking. Write these things down. Yeah, we even started drinking it, like that whole muscle memory thing. Like yes. And um, so I said, "Well, hey," and I ran him through this entire thing. I just ran you through, and I was like, mm-hmm. "You want to start a fucking bar crawl company?" Because he was actually he was actually doing a bar crawl himself too. So oh. like, I already had a couple. He had one that he'd already been doing. So like, it was perfect. And like, we're, again, we were both very creative. I th- think quite humorous. It seemed <laughs> yes. like it seemed like the perfect match. He's like, well, "What would you name?" Like, I don't know, man. This is one of this is one of the hurdles I've had for eight years. Mm-hmm. I'm not coming with this. I think the only thing I, the only thing I got is Blue Steel from like Zoolander. He's like, I was like, Blue Steel Promotions? Like, I didn't even know the different definition of the word promotions versus productions. Yeah. And I didn't know how opposite our our skill sets were going to be at the time until he pulls his phone out. Excuse me. He pulls his phone out within three minutes. We have the Facebook and we have the domain name and all this other crap. And I go, oh, I go, well, I guess that's the conversation of what we're gonna name the company. Was beast, and I said, I was like, I, all I got is Blue Steel. I don't think that's right, but maybe that's the, the jumping board to come, what the final name will be. Yeah. <laughs> Three minutes of me saying, I don't think that's right. We have all the domains. We have everything. I'm like, oh, I guess that's the name of our company. Oh, my God. Wow. So, yeah, our, you know, our company is named after Derek Zoolander's signature look. I, did, I didn't never even put that together. I thought there had to be like a different meeting. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Skipper, who runs Reds, was the GM of the Wildings downtown for years. Mm-hmm. So, I've known him for like 20-something years. He was bartending the the perch or whatever the, uh, the top deck at red yeah like year two in and i went to go he never bartends i guess he just took a car guest shift so i went to go pay for my with my, with my drinks my business card he's like he was like you fucking did i know you definitely fucking did your drinks were on me i was like, just looking at my business like you definitely named your company after zoolander and i fucking respect that from you that is so funny yeah. that's like iconic <laughs> but i feel like all that's how like all good like companies like start though it's like the most random thing and then it just like happens yeah it was literally trying to figure out one of the ideas we already had and because megan was trying to push me to go work for somebody else i was like well she told me he's coming we gotta beat him to the punch there's not gonna be room in this company city for two yeah so let's beat this guy from savannah to the punch and let's start let's start doing our own bar crawls and it's pretty much just been like that ever since yeah. well, that's crazy 
Yeah. Unfortunately, there is a new company. Uh, the original partner who was, you know, was awesome. We had a lot of great ideas. Really enjoyed working together for the first few years. Just the relationship fell apart. Mm-hmm. We just couldn't communicate on a day-to-day basis. We always shared the same vision for the company was going to go. We couldn't communicate on the daily basis to take the necessary steps to grow the company, if that makes sense. Yeah. So the few times that we could communicate, we were having to put out like immediate fires. So we weren't, we weren't progressing. Mm-hmm. And I think we both early last year had made that decision. Like the, it had run its course and it was time for us both to go a different direction. Yeah. Which I feel like that happens a yeah. lot in business. But so, so what Blue Steel is now, it's the same like concept as it's been from when it started or like, how has it evolved? So we're definitely, so changing the name was not just from a legal perspective, but mm-hmm. it was, and it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't symbolic. Like I've brought in two new partners. One is a social media professional. Like she mm. literally like works for an agency and has clients. And the other was a former event producer for Anheuser Bush. So he couldn't, and that's why I met him through the previous years of doing the, the, the old brand. Yeah. And he left Anheuser Bush to work for a, an international event produce, production company. Like he did, he's doing a, Somebody's Grammy party right now is what he's putting on, but he did. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but he did Paris Hilton's Twitter party at the uh, Formula One race in Vegas. Oh my God. I he, love Paris Hilton. He's definitely had a lot of martinis with her. Oh my God. Funny story. Uh, I'll try to make it quick. We were at the wedding for the couple that sold the, and marketed the beer in Cabo, uh-huh. and he's good friends with them. So we're in the shuttle from the airport to the resort, and he had a meeting, and this dipshit who travels all over the damn world for work forgot the time change. And scheduled his his uh call, his conference call with Paris and her team for while we were in the shuttle. And three different times you hear him say, "Like I've told you three times, Paris, I'm trapped in a bus in Mexico. I don't have access to my laptop, but I've emailed this to you four times. Can you please pull it up on your end?" Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know what she was asking for, but JJ had no problem. Like, can you please pull it up? I'm on. I'm stuck in a bus somewhere in Mexico. That is hilarious. He was verbally slumping Paris Hilton down. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm like, oh, poor Paris. <laughs> so bringing him on, you know, it really allows us to focus on the bigger things. Like, I, Yeah. I even pitched the idea to them. Like, let's kind of go away from the, like, let's get rid of the bar crawls. Like, let's just go to the bigger things. Really? Um, and they're like, no, we should definitely not do that because A, it's, it's what we're known for. It's what we do. But also like, if we don't do it, we're going to open that void for somebody else to do it. Exactly. And that person can eventually grow and become our competition. So let's keep right. the bar crawls in place. And while also focusing on the bigger produced events, yes. the eventual goal is to actually spend the bar crawls off to its own brand and its own LLC. Okay. And the, the other votes will be a big standalone. That's smart. Yeah. Cause I feel like the bar crawls are like iconic. Everybody knows them there. I feel like it's a great way, obviously for people who live here, but like if people are visiting too, I feel like it's such a fun thing and you guys know how to do it. Right. Well, that, that bar crawl you mentioned on Christmas in one of your previous episodes, that was actually us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which it's like, I'm like, and I didn't even know about it, but I'm like, I wish I did. Yeah. We had 555 people at that one. That's so awesome. Yeah. So we did, we've done four events in the, under the new brand. So we relaunched in July or August. I'm not going to lie. Of course, the first two flopped. Like, I, really? I thought we lost money. JJ, mm-hmm. who is also our CFO, we call him Checkbook. <laughs> uh, Checkbook says we made a little bit of money. So I was, I was happy with that. Yeah. Um. Halloween, our previous, uh, the record from our, on our previous company was 1,007. Halloween did 1,555. Oh my God. And Christmas's previous record was 455. We did 553 or 557. It was an odd number. When I, you and I both hate odd numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That. Oh, yeah. No, my volume on my television, it, my radio is always an even number. That's hilarious. 100%. Yeah, I know. I feel, I actually have never thought if I'm like that, but I think I am too. I'm definitely like that. Yeah. No, I literally, I, I need even, even numbers. Like, I'm like scared of odd numbers. They're awful. 
They're awful. They're like left-handed people. <laughs> Hate those too. The girl I'm seeing is left-handed for the record. <laughs> Hope she's not listening. Oh my gosh. Well, so what do you think about, obviously you've never really done these bar crawls or events anywhere else, but like, what do you think about doing events in Charleston? Do you think people are easy to work with here? Do you think it's overall generally a smooth process or do you think it's kind of bumpy? The execution side? Mm-hmm. Easy. Yeah. Super easy. Once you do it, uh, uh, great. I can only speak from my perspective, but right. once you do an event once, it's super easy to repeat it. Yes. And even if it's like, okay, we have Gatsby, right? We've done it now three times. If you took an event of that caliber and just created a new theme for it, like we're, so we're doing a New Year's party next year. Mm-hmm. I already know the theme for it. Like it's going to be exciting. Like to do new touches. Like we're not going for a 20s motif. We're going to go for a different motif. If that makes yeah. sense. Fun. Um, well, I guess. It's going to be a winter wonderland. It's going to be like a, uh, with a white inspired theme. I can't remember the words I was supposed to use, but <laughs> <laughs> we're encouraged to be able to dress in white, but it's not a requirement, but it's going to be a winter wonderland. So like ice sculptures, like thick snow and like, but like very high end, like oh my God, the baby. caliber of Gatsby's high endness, but we're going to wipe the shit out of it. Right. Oh my God. That's amazing. It's like, that's exciting, but it's not difficult, right? It's not yeah, difficult to take the blueprint true. you've already built. And luckily, we're successful enough with the bar crawls. It's six text messages to six bars. This mm-hmm. is the date. Yeah. We are talking before we went online. You know, one of the biggest and most profitable and most well-run establishments, probably the biggest and most well-run in Charleston. So you would think they would have, like, the most, like, you know, we take the time slots they give us. I text them, and it's like, hey, this is the date. Like, And they've been three or four times last year. Like, we had something else going on at that. Give me 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I call back, like, that's been moved or that's been canceled. Like, Yeah. So like it's it, you know we're not begging people we're not early on we're not begging people to become the bar crawl like the they want the be bars want this they yes. they've dealt with us for they've dealt with me for seven eight years they know what they're gonna get right and they found enough value in it that they move other things around to make room for when we want to be available you know which is amazing yeah it, so no I think this execution eighty percent of this job is ticket it's marketing it's ticket sales right that's the hard part. It is. It is. Cause you can put it out there all you want, but it's like, you can't make these people come make these people buy tickets. So what I've found and guesstimating numbers, but I 80% to 90% of the success of an event, especially here in Charleston is the date. It's not what you're doing. That is very it's true. It's not I how you promoted it. Completely it's agree. the date. It's what else are you going up against? That is so true because I've had great event ideas and I feel like it just was a bad date where there's so much other stuff going on. And I was like, Oh my God, I didn't, didn't even realize. But that's like a learning lesson, though. It's like yeah. it's like you kind of have to figure that out. You learn more from your de- uh, your defeats than you do your victories. That is so true. One hundred percent true. Absolutely. We did a Game of Thrones bar crawl, and if you recall, it was the final season of Game of Thrones. And if you you may or not remember, but they were very purposely delayed on when they were going to announce the date for this final season. Yeah. But you have to do these bar crawls. You have to start promoting like ninety days minimum out in advance. So I had just kind of followed some tea leaves that HBO had left out there and guesstimated. A certain Saturday to do. It mm-hmm. was April 27th ish. It was the final weekend of April. We got fucking lucky as shit because it was the it was the Saturday before the third episode mm. of the final season. So my thought was when I when I when I thought I got lucky, the first ep- you know everybody has watch parties. At least the real super Game of Thrones fans are gonna have watch parties, mm-hmm. and I would think that would be the biggest pull of people you would get for these bar crawls. First week everybody mentions the bar crawl at the first watch party, and the second week everybody brings it back up and they all buy tickets. And we're in certain parades the next week. We did like hundred and forty people. Oh my gosh. We did a Game of Thrones bar crawl and we went to Fiverr and had some amazing content created from scratch to promote it. Same drink specials we always have. It was literally, we got so lucky on the date timing wise for the series that we were doing the event from, but we had really had never had success in April or May prior. Interesting. And I think it's because it's the beginning of the warm season. Everybody's boat beat your pool. That is very true. And now you're drinking them, trying to get them back into a bar they've been drinking in for the last six months because it was cold. Yeah. 
And especially like if you're doing it on a Saturday day, it's like, yeah, everybody wants to be outside right. doing other things. So I mean, that was, I don't, I mean, that was one of our worst performing bar calls. We'd be like, I think it was like 147 people. Yeah. And I would have thought that could have been like five, six, seven hundred people because the theme and the, the timing worked out, but yep. the date people, yeah. the date, we went up against the beach, boat, the beach, the boats and the pools and they're going to win every fucking time. It is hard. It is very hard to like plan things like this for it. The summer yeah and the spring i think once you get to june july like people have done it enough that if it's cool enough they'll pull themselves away from one day yeah but when it's early and it's still new oh yeah everybody's like going crazy yeah yeah definitely um okay so let's get into some juicy stuff about events okay what is your favorite event that you've ever put on gas yeah 100 absolutely 100 why why is that it's, it's it was really the first time i could show off what i could do if that makes sense yeah i totally get that uh the outfits like I look so damn good. <laughs> <laughs> insert, insert photo. <laughs> I just like, it was that, that, it was, yeah, it was that first big dick moment to be completely fucking yeah. honest. Like, <laughs> I totally got that though. You know, when you have so many contemporaries that do what you do, like mm -hmm. here and coming, other people came in from other places that I know that do this stuff and your sponsors that have sponsored hundreds and hundreds of these things. And you just have some people come up to you like, and you can tell they're being genuine. Like they would avoid you or like they wouldn't be as enthusiastic. Like this is insane like, yeah this is amazing like that you know like it's validation if that makes sense oh my gosh absolutely so i got my parents to come to the second one oh. i was like because you know my, as you can tell are they, them a little bit, I, are they still in maryland they're not they're actually in the upstate of south carolina okay but if you case you can't tell them a little bit of a wild card and <laughs> oh, so really my brother's like the accountant and like straight edge the wife and kids and a lot of stuff and like i throw parties in charleston for a living my parents mm -hmm. like didn't really know what the hell i did Oh, okay. So, like, once we knew we had something with Gatsby the first time, I invited him down for the second time, and like, that was honestly, I'm not gonna lie, that was probably the first time my dad was ever proud of me. Aww. Yeah, oh, yeah, which meant a lot. Oh, so, I actually spent the entire night with them until they left. Like, yeah, they were supposed. So, Gatsby started at eight o'clock. They were supposed to leave. They said they were leaving between nine, three, and ten because they're old. <laughs> right. They ended up staying at eleven fifteen, which was awesome. And I spent the whole time with them because, like, it was just was such a special moment that we got to share. But I missed the entire second Gatsby. I was literally in the party for forty minutes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're hanging out with your parents. Yeah. That's so wholesome. It was. Did they, did they, like, growing up, like, did they know that you were going to do something like this? What, like, you know, you know how, like, sometimes, like, parents are just like, I know my kid's going to be a star or, like, doing something. I don't know if they knew, but a lot of their friends definitely knew. Okay. Like, it was obvious just whether or not my parents picked up on it. Mm. I also don't think my parents wanted me to do something like this, right? So, like, so as I said, like, I, went, I graduated college, went back to Maryland. Like, I started my, I started out as a financial advisor. And then oh. went to BBT and was a wealth manager and built a forty dollar forty million dollar portfolio in a year. Like I had the real job where I had to wear suits and shit like all yeah. the time. Like that was not that was just not who I am. Not your path. Not, did you always know that that was not your path, or did you have to kind of like go through it to figure it out? I guess for me, it was never about the job, right? I'm I'm wired very differently. I can very I'm very 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 good at compartmentalizing. Mm -hmm. So if the problem with Charleston is just not nearly as much liquid money here. Yeah, and most people who come in with Coming, coming, have the money. They came here, so they already have their advisor somewhere else. Just to give you an idea, like for what I did in BBT, there was two people in my county that did what I did. Okay. Down here, there was one person that's region was Myrtle Beach to Hilton. Mm. The guy, so I met him. I was, I was like, like, what is your situation? Like, are you planning on leaving anytime soon? He's like, dude, I, I got to BBT eight years ago to try to get this job. I got the job six months ago. Like, he was not going anywhere. I would have had no problem waiting in the next year, six months to a year in Maryland to take the transfer and move down here. And done that whole boring adult crap. Yeah. Because it would have been able to afford me the amazing life outside of that. Right. So like, I can do the work if the rest of my life is awesome. Mm -hmm. But the married life in Maryland with her, because she was just boring as shit. And honestly, that was the only complaint. She was gorgeous. Yeah. She was sweet. She was boring. Beautiful. She boring. was boring as fuck. 
And you, we, I'm just getting here. You, you don't do boring. I do do boring. <laughs> I do not do boring. Uh, it's like, yes, like I could have done that job in Charleston and been, and been the banker my entire life. Yeah. I don't have any qualms with that. But I feel like it's the environment also that plays such a key. But I mean, you know, you got, yeah, like I couldn't, I also, as a wealth manager, you become cheap. Mm. Like I didn't want to spend 200 some dollars a month to fly to Charleston for a weekend and get my partying out. Yeah. Hindsight being 2020, that probably was a, that probably would have been a smart financial move. Yes. But, well, you know, I'm here, I'm throwing parties and I smile as much, if not more than most people I've never met. And that's what we love to hear. <laughs> and I think it's a great lesson of what do I always say in my other episodes? Trust your gut. <laughs> Trust your gut. So you definitely, yes, I want to be like the, the only time in my entire life I came to college Charleston on a fucking whim. Never. I did not know oh, the city you? of Charleston existed. Oh and my so my God. dad suggested I apply here. I'm like, it's nothing but Charlotte farmland, Atlanta. Like there's no cities in South Carolina. Like I literally had no fucking clue. Oh my gosh. And so I, the first time I even saw the city was college orientation. You didn't even come before that. No. Oh my God. First time I saw the city and we were coming up from Hilton at the, the second family vacation. We never took my, the third family vacation. We never took my entire life. We were coming up from Hilton head and we came over the West Ashley bridge. And I saw those boats. I'm a giant parrot head. I was, I'm still devastated about his loss, but mm. I punched my dad in the arm like hard as I could. And I said, you motherfucker, I just seen the sailboats in the Charleston Harbor on the Ashley. I said, you motherfucker, how could you have kept this place a secret in my entire life? I didn't even get to downtown yet. And I knew this was where I needed to be. Yeah. Like it was just, and then I did what I was supposed to do. I got a college degree. I went home. I married the girl from high school. I got the job. I got the house. I got the fence. I got the dog. The one time in my life I did what I was supposed to do was the most miserable time in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And said, so, you know, I always say I woke up one day, quit my job, sold my house, divorced my wife, moved back to Charleston. It was a nice little Tuesday. Like, it wasn't that abrupt, but it was yeah. like, I, I moved back to Charleston without a job. Like, yeah. I moved back to Charleston. Like, this is my happy place. Yes. It's so important. I, I mean, I've, like, really noticed in the past three and a half years of living here. I'm like, any, anytime I'm not here, I, like, don't feel like myself. And I feel like you know when you're supposed to be in a place. I think you said something like that, and it made me think. I've often, like, man, like, I really just need to get away for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I'm never more than 45 minutes in that drive out of Charleston. Like, all right, this is in Charleston. Yeah. Let me go back. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. Literally, which is crazy. I, so I, I, I always say I have a hard 47 hour rule when I visit my parents. <laughs> 47 hours. Sometimes it's because we bicker, but like, it's also like, yeah. it's hard to get away from Charleston. Like my parents don't drink. Like I've realized that the older I get, my parents, my family's the anomaly. Like shockingly, I come from it. Like, <laughs> we don't, we're not the family that drinks on the holidays. Like it's like, we just sit in a fucking chair and watch TV all day together. It's yeah. like, after you do the holiday crap, like right, there's not like this big fun stuff to do. Like it's just a normal day after that's all over. Like, yeah, I want to be, okay, that's cool. Now I want to get back to my dog and my house and my, yes. tra- and my, and my travels. Yes. Exactly. Reds is calling me. Yeah. <laughs> it's calling my name. I feel the same way. Whenever I'm home, I'm like, uh, I need to be at share house right now. Actually. So. I went to Mexico like five years ago and I got a DM from one of the bartenders who we've never communicated outside of him being on the other side of the bar. And on a Sunday at like five o'clock, it's like, hey man, what are you up to? I'm like, man, is business that bad? But you had a DM me on Facebook to Stop. see where I was at to try and drum up some customers. I was like, apparently Reds is in trouble, guys, because the five of us are in Mexico. They're like begging you. It's like, I'll, I'll be back on Tuesday. Yeah, be back. Don't worry. Don't miss me too much. Well, then that's when they shut the country down in COVID. So. Oh, Jesus. I didn't even know COVID was a thing until we got to the airport. And by the time we literally got back the night before Trump shut the border down, I'm like, this escalated quickly. Oh my God. I also don't watch the news. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so then you wouldn't know. Facebook and Instagram are my news sources. Yeah. Uh, and your too. podcast. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I need to make, sh- make it more newsworthy. I'll just tell you shit that I'm doing. Right. <laughs> Which is news, definitely newsworthy. Um, okay, back to event stuff. Yes. What? What's the least favorite event you've ever done? 
Good question. That's Damn, kind of a hard. I wish I would have had this ahead of time, so I wouldn't waste this dead air. Can <laughs> we talk about something else and come back to that question? Yeah, we can talk about that. Give me some time to think. The hamstring starts spinning in the background. Yes. Okay. Well, then, what's what's the craziest story that you have from one of your events? My favorite story. Favorite. Know, crazy. Favorite. Crazy. Whatever you want. Oh, well, definitely. Okay. okay crazy. Yep. Uh, year three, a dude was at a Christmas bar crawl upstairs at beer beer works. This guy that started to do like standing backflips. <gasps> And I guess maybe he was drinking during one of them or whatever. And somebody took the video of it and it ended up on Barstool within like the day. Oh my God. But Barstool wouldn't tag us. Like, this is at our oh. event. Like, we're a small startup, two dude company. Can you like give yeah. us like a shout out? Come on out, Presidente. <laughs> yeah. so, like, that was dope. That like literally 24 hours after your event, one of your videos is on Barstool. That's really cool. My favorite story, year two, our St. Patrick's Day when we launched it, this girl tagged a guy and said, I really wish we could go. So, me being naive and we're not naive like arrogant uh, ignorant of the situation i said well why can't you come and she just commented and tagged him again and like baby emojis or whatever i didn't ask any more questions and they literally just started having a conversation this was all on the thread of the event so it's public how they met on the st patrick's day bar crawl the year prior and that night the baby was nine months later the result of it they didn't divulge whether they were together or not but they seemed to be very very friendly in the banter and yeah clearly a great pairing uh co-parenting situation right. so at least there was a po- you know a positive outcome came in you know obviously i, I don't want to have a job i don't want to ever wear shoes again yes i don't have a real flip job flops only. I don't want to have a boss yeah flip-flops only but like it's <laughs> like that but the other you know and obviously i have to make money to live like right life ain't free mm-hmm. mexico's cheap so i don't make a lot of money people as we said i can do five nights in mexico for 800 dollars with, with airfare yes we love it's stories like that and i can't tell you like i i've definitely got 100 200 minimum emails and dms over the years of people saying, I was going to quit Charleston until I came to one of your events and I met this couple and I hung, they adopted me. And then like a week later, they invited me to a wine night or game night or whatever. And like their group of friends adopted me. It's six months later. And I love Charleston. Thank you so much. Like this never would have happened without your event. Or I came by myself and I met the group already off the crawl. And we partied all day and now they're my best friends and just certain things like that. You know, there's hundreds, and that's just people who are willing to share the story with you. Right. I can't imagine how many, more hundreds of people out there that have had an experience. As I said earlier, like I've got a giant with friends. I've been very lucky. I didn't do anything. I'm not worth the friends that I have. Stop. But I know I'm very, very fortunate. Yes. And I really take pride, but also like it's, it's an unquantifiable benefit and reason why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. It's not going to ever affect the bank account. Like, but it truly does make an impact on me when I hear those stories, because I know how fortunate I've been. And if my, putting these parties together or allow other people to have the experiences that I've had. And I mean, I love it. Yes. Like if I ever did something else, maybe I would still do bar crawls for free just mm-hmm. to, just solely for that part. Yeah. It's so fulfilling. And cause I feel the exact same way. I'm very lucky with the friendships that I have. And I'm like, I want to make a space that other people can find friends too. Well, for you, it's also like, you're very niche, right? Like you're mostly women only parties. Mm-hmm. So like, that's, that's kind of probably even more fulfilling. Like you're finding people who have, who actually have a very specific need. Yes. And whereas mine's like, you know, it probably doesn't happen every party where people meet their, their Charleston saving group of friends. Right. For you, they're coming there to do that. And you're providing yes. an awesome space and environment and theme and concept for them to do that. I think, I mean, that, that, that's just awesome. And I can't wait for you to start getting people to tell you those stories. I know I have gotten some and I, I'm my very first event. Um, I have these girls that like respond to a lot of my stuff. And whenever I talk about like how people make friends at the events and they'll comment and they'll just be like, Oh my gosh, well we like met our friends and blah, blah. blah. And like, there's a bunch of girls that like have met their just like full group of 
friends and then they come to the events together now and it's just like it's really cool that's awesome yeah but so. i mean that's that's also should be like in, i don't know if you think this way or not but they came to meet friends mm -hmm. they found the friends they found so much value in what you do they're still coming back even though they accomplished their initial goal right and they're still finding enough value in you to come back and like, i'm like oh you should definitely take pride in that i do i do because You're doing it's like right. I, and I'm just like, I, and I want, obviously the main part is to, you know, make friends. But I'm like, I also want to just, just be fun. Cause I feel like as an adult, like, and you're working all the time, it's life's not always fun unless you like make time to make fun, you know? Oh yeah. And it's just like, so it's like, it's like also all my events usually are on the weeknights, which I think is nice because then it's like, it's something to mix up the week. You don't have to like, obviously like go out or go crazy, but it's like something to just do. Mine are almost always Saturday. <laughs> guarantee you, if we, if we plan one, the two of us, we can find 50 people. Okay. Well, maybe we should do it. Oh, shit. Did, my so, did you turn my, the camera? No, my camera died. That's okay. Oh, oh we have it on here. Word. It's okay. I'm this happened. Up. We'll just get more cozy. This happened my last episode, too, which is annoying. But anyway. I cannot think of my least favorite event we've ever done. Well, that's then that's a good sign, then, right? I mean, just the, the four that haven't, like, four or five that haven't been successful. Like, that's just almost embarrassing. Yeah. No, I'll, but, it's, but it's not like it's, like, the event itself wasn't, like, your least favorite. It's just, like, how it turned out. Well, it's more like I'm embarrassed. Like I just go to that event, like embarrassed, but like, but that's me. Right. So like my, my social media business partner, she said her favorite part, so she went to a bunch of our events before she became, you know, part of the company. There was an eighties bar crawl. I wasn't in town for We did like 90 people. Oh my and she said it was by far her most favorite event. She'd never been to a bar. Really? She'd never been to a Gatsby, but yeah. she said it was her by far her most favorite bar crawl. And so like, just because I'm embarrassed doesn't mean, and I think it's, subpar doesn't mean the audience does that's that's a good point that's something i'm trying to learn too because i'll be annoyed if i like don't sell out or if i don't do this and that and i'm like okay but people like people are still getting what they are trying to accomplish right having a fun time going whatever I and mean, i'm like you know it's, if it's you hard. don't lose money and the people found value and had a great time your event was a success yeah that's so true i'm trying to learn that it's just hard big tip as long as they there's going to be problems at every event you ever do yeah as long as the consumers don't have a clue, you're completely fine. You could be running around behind the scenes, running around like a chicken head, head chopped off, and like there's a fire in the kitchen, like blah, 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 blah. And you think it's an utter disaster. If the consumers don't have a clue, you're fine. Yeah. And it, that that's so hard to get yourself to understand, right? It right. takes a few times of having those disasters, if you will. Mm -hmm. But as long as the consumers don't know and they're not impacted. Yeah. Then it's nobody, like. Nobody gives a shit. Then it's technically a success. That's your problem. That's not their problem. As so you said. True. Two kinds of problems in this world. Your problem, my problem. Yes. No, but that's my problem. That's not their problem. Exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be their problem. If I make it their problem, that's when I'm in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So if you weren't in events, what would your like dream career be? Like, what would you be doing if you weren't in, in events and doing what you do? Or is this like what you would want to be doing no matter what? I, I mean, this is definitely what I was born to do. One billion yeah. percent. If I didn't get into events, I wouldn't have developed the skills and the understanding of the marketing world and mm -hmm. sponsors and all that jazz. So if I, had to, if I wasn't in events, I'd have to remove the experiences that I've and knowledge I have from the events world. Yeah. Sports agent. Oh, nice. Yeah. That sounds fun. I am not going to lie. I really, my dream in high school was to be a sports agent. And at the time, everybody was based out of New York and LA. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to build one out of Atlanta because it's got the hub for Florida, Texas, and yes. all the Southeast and whatnot. Uh-huh. Well, great, I was 16. You're 10 years away from being able to do that. And four agencies popped up. And the time I had the idea at the time, I was even old enough to try to execute it. So right. like, that obviously was a good idea. It was a good idea. I was just too young to, to do it. Yeah. All right. That's okay. But no, I feel like even just talking to you, I like feel like you were born to do what you do. I appreciate that. I just you. really get that vibe. And I don't know, you can just tell. But how do you see like your events? We talked a little bit about this, but like 
How do you see your events evolving in Charleston? Like, what's your like big, big goal with everything that you're doing? Well, the big goal is to literally to kind of have two companies in a way, the bar crawls mm-hmm. and separate things. So we've got a concept for a festival. We're about to sign the uh, venue. Ooh. If we once we do that, we I can talk a little bit about it next time you are generous to invite me back. Of course. Um, so really getting into more of like that kind of thing where it's more of like a forty to seventy dollar ticket to get in, but then you're buying the drinks. That because there is a there is a group there is a the percentage of people who don't drink but still want to be social is growing. Yes, that is very true. And you, big tip for all your listeners: <laughs> through all the careers I've had, through, I did not go from being a wealth manager to doing parties. There was a bunch of other crap in between. Yes. The one thing that I've learned and it holds true, it's not the smartest, it's not the hardest working that's always the most successful. It's the person who can adapt the fastest and the most successfully is nine times out of 10 going to be the most successful person. Mm. So identifying trends and things of that nature and you just identifying them as fast as you can and making the necessary changements can overcome a lot of other shortcomings you might have in your professional career or in your company. Yeah. Uh, but being able to like the Gatsby's $150 for a general mission ticket. Mm-hmm. It's worth every penny of it yes. if you drink. Yeah, that's so true. So we want to go towards more towards like the festival style events mm-hmm. where we charge we have to charge to come in. Like as I said, Gatsby's a two hundred thousand dollar bar. Right. That money doesn't come from like we gotta make the money to pay that the, exactly. to pay off two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Um so you know we have to charge something for tickets, but then you charge less for tickets and you then you can charge for your drinks. To help, and then right, that way, the person who's not drinking isn't covering the cost of the drinkers. Right. You can still have a VIP area that's all inclusive, and that kind of accomplishes that. I don't want to have to worry about money day of. Mm-hmm. And you can. And that's not. I think that's kind of our our goal is to get two or three concepts a year of doing something like that. So we'd be probably and then wrote so potentially rotate those concepts. So you don't burn it out. Yeah. Um, I think, and also expansion. Like we definitely want to take Gatsby to Greenville. Oh, okay. Um, that was actually going to be a question of mine. If you were going to expand outside of Charleston. Yes. Greenville, Charlotte. Uh, we've talked with Erica Trio about partnering in Charlotte on the Gatsby concept. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. My goal really is, and is, and maybe it's not Gatsby, but taking a different concept. And I want to be from maybe not all the way to New York city, but Philadelphia down to Atlanta. I love that. Yeah. That's a great big picture goal. Right. I think it's totally possible. Well, just do a, just do a city or two every year. Yeah. Just do a city or two and just slowly grow it. Yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, I love I would love for it to be in Philly because that's right where I'm from. Maybe I'll go. I spent <laughs> a lot so just not to age myself, but I spent Y2K at Drexel. Oh my gosh. You know? That's so funny. My best friend from high school uh went to Drexel and I did not do very well in school, as you might pick up on. <laughs> no. So I went to a junior college for a year and the train from Baltimore to Philly was like thirty bucks. Like, yeah. Yeah, so I went up to like every other weekend because I, didn't, I was living with my parents. Like, yeah, exactly. I went to go drink and have a good time. And yeah. Talk to ladies. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, Philly's so fun. I love it. I had a great time. It's so much fun. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, what, what is any advice that you would have for anyone who like works in events or wants to get started in events or even just someone who has a big idea, but like has no idea how they're going to get there and bring it to life? Two ways to do it. One, what you're doing. You've developed, as you and I talked beforehand, You've developed a platform or a portfolio, if you will. You have the podcast, you have the social media, uh, and you have your events, right? So mm-hmm. you're not relying on the revenue from your events to pay your, your rent or your mortgage. Mm-hmm. That's one way to you know diversify revenue streams so that you don't have to you know make 100 percent of your money off of the events. And honestly, you know, yeah, I wish we had done. I wish we had done that when we launched. Mm. Um, take your concept to somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing and partner with them. That's great advice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
we have all the infrastructure. We have all the relationships. We know what we're doing. I don't have all the greatest ideas. And I mean, let's be honest, the event world, 80% of it's rinse and repeat. Yes. It's nothing I've done is genius. Right. I just take, but again, we're the consumer, right? I was the consumer for so many years. I take somebody else's idea and I get rid of the 20% they fucked up. And I add in the 10 to 20% that I, that I have the original ways to tailor their event. Yeah. So it's 20% of their dumb shit. Yes. And 20%, I'm going to elevate their thing, but it's still their concept. Right. Like, I did not throw the first Gatsby party in the history of the world. Exactly. You know, I did not throw the first Halloween bar crawl or St. Patrick's Day bar crawl. I just do it better than everybody else. Yes. 100%. Like, and it's also like you have the blueprint, which I think right. it's like we talked about. It's like once you have it, it's like very easy to just like replicate it. But yeah. I think it, the hardest part is coming up with the blueprint that works. Right. For you. And I used to always think the ideas were the hard part. For 15 years of my life. I'm like, oh, I'm so creative. I don't have to work out some of those great ideas. I've come to learn the ideas are the easy part. They it's are. Doing, and that's not just events. That's every fucking walk of life. Yes. The events is the easy shit. The work's the hard part. Mm-hmm. Like, like executing it. Right. So, I mean, I, this is an open forum. If you have an idea, <laughs> DM Blue Steel Productions on Instagram. I will never tell you your idea is dumb. I might explain to you why your idea may not work, but I'll never tell you it's dumb. Because you got to hear good. 20 shitty ideas or 20 ideas that won't work mm-hmm. before you find the idea that does. That's very true. To be, to be honest, Gatsby came from, we did a poll in 2018 asking for new bar crawl concepts. And one of our friends actually re- responded in the poll, you should do a Gatsby bar crawl, which I thought was phenomenal. Oh, that would actually be really fun. Well, early 2019, because I'm a planner, a wealth planner, financial planner. Right. In 2000, early 2019, I already planned out the 2020s calendar, and it looked beautiful. Like, the dates of the year all felt perfect from all the things we'd already done. And I remember, like, two months later, like, fuck, Jess's idea about the Gatsby Bar that's great. Yeah. The original partner and I had always wanted to get into the big New Year's type parties. But we were always the ones, and we were always wanting to do everything the right way. Like, we were never a square yes. play around hole. Not going to do it just to do it. Right. And there was only like four venues we were willing to work with. And they were all under long-term contracts for New Year's. Mm-hmm. So I said to him, I said, you know, Jess had this idea for the Gatsby uh, bar crawl. Why don't we do this like a New Year's party, not on New Year's? And this was like early May, late June. Or sorry, late May, early June. Yeah. I said, the two, I said, I, I'm confident this is a home run. The two things that have to happen. We have to be the first on social with it. Yes. We have to be one of the very, one of the first to execute it. Cause it's not, once the calendar hits 2020, it's a really fucking obvious concept to do. Yes. So exactly. we have to be on social with it first. So, every, you know, so we're not looking at the copycats and we have to execute it like really early into the year. Right. And it, the first one is February 12th. And I mean, those two, con- the, 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 but like, yeah, Jess gave me an idea for a bar crawl the year and a half prior. Yeah. I forgot about her great idea and I built what I thought was a beautiful bar crawl calendar like, and it led me to saying, Hey, let's do Gatsby as a gala. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's really how that whole concept came around. That's really cool. Yeah. That's a good story. How, how early do you plan? Are you always that early in planning your calendars for the year? As much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yes. That's like a new goal of mine this year. It's because I used to kind of just be like running around like a crazy person. Now I'm really trying to plan in advance. Well, so planning in advance would be very, very beneficial. A, as we talked about, the, the date you execute your events, the most, the biggest determiner for the success of the event. Lay out the things you want to do and then find the perfect dates for them. Now you're going to see the gaps in your calendar. Yeah. Okay. I've got XYZ gap here. I want to find a new concept that I can put in there. Yes. Like you already have your anchors, right? You mm-hmm. know where you're going to make your revenue from. Now it's an opportunity. So you built and put those on the perfect dates. 
now you have an opportunity to try out a new concept in, in your gaps, if you will. Yeah. We did it differently when we started the new brand. We removed the bar crawls. We planned out the bigger events and then put the bar crawls back in where they fit in. That's smart. Yeah. But that, it's different. Like we were re, we were changing the entire yeah. evidence of the, of the company. Like the, the focus is going to be these bigger produced events. Yeah. We'll still have the bar crawls. <laughs> no. We're still going to have the bar crawls. Don't, don't be. My partners assured me I was not allowed to get rid of the bar crawls. We will have the bar crawls. We might direct you to a new social media forum, but we'll have the bar crawls. Yes. Yes. That's important. <laughs> people love them. And people love a theme too, is what I have found. Every single event we throw is the same. Yes. I'm still thinking about this horrible, the worst event I've ever hosted. That's okay. You don't have to think too hard on this. Okay. I don't want to, you know, it's, it's a great question. That's I wish okay. I had an answer for it. But it's even better that you don't have an answer, I feel like. Yeah. Because I don't even think I could answer that question for myself. So you were your six events in? Yeah. Um, right. No, I'm actually 11 in. Oh, girl. <laughs> I didn't mean it. Yeah. Me. Excuse me. Wow. And you've been doing it for a year and a half? My first one was in September of 2022. So almost a year and a half. Yeah. I took a little break for, of last year for like probably like four months to like re regroup. Getting 11 off in that period of time, especially with taking the breaks, is impressive because you'll realize the, the, the more you do them, the more, the more volume you'll have. Yes. So right. like you're already at a pretty quick volume. Yeah. And I just like, I don't, I don't think I was doing them well before. Like my first like five or six, I feel like were. Obviously, I'm very hard on myself. I'm like, I feel like it was like thrown together. Like, I just, I also just like didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So I kind of needed, I was like, I'm going to step away before I like just don't like continue not making this its potential. And then I did one over the summer with Sharehouse. Um, it was like a Barbie event and it was just like, it went so well. And I was like, okay, we're back. This is what I should be doing. I love Jack over there. Oh my Jack gosh. And Brian are awesome. I just had a meeting with him yesterday. They're He's so awesome. awesome. Yeah. They're a great, great crew. And Brit. Yes. Yes. Very not go way back now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. From that, I mean, she was one. Of the, she was one of the partners that came down and opened up a, a, Uptown. Oh, yeah. So I've been working with them almost since they started. Oh my gosh, that's so I cool. Them I love they're, them so much. Great family. I can't wait for their new space where Warehouse used to be. And they're doing a. They're opening Bodega where um, Annalini's Pizza was in that puzzle. Oh home. yeah, that's gonna be so good. Yeah, I love. And that's it. where I live. Okay. Oh yeah, I, I live right off Coleman. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, you'll be there all the time. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, speaking of Charleston, let's switch gears a little bit. So yeah. you've been here for, well, you went to college here, and then moving back permanently, you've been here for almost 20 years? I think it's a little over 20, 20. Call it 22. 22. Um, what is your favorite part about living here? The people. Yeah. Definitely the people. Yeah. So I, Annapolis, Annapolis culturally and like the aesthetics is very similar to Charleston. Okay. I like. I don't know if I've ever actually been to Annapolis, which is bizarre because I'm from Delaware. But I would never ever live there again. Yeah. Like I desperately want to go back. Like four or five friends. Mm-hmm. As you can tell, I like to talk. Right. As you said, I think you, I think you said you can talk to a wall when you previous <laughs> episodes. I actually there was a photo of me talking to a painting in college. Like I was just so shit faced. I was talking to a painting of fish. That's so funny. I've done that, but with statues. Like when I've been so drunk, I like literally put a statue as a person. Girl, I used to date got a, a girl. I used to date got in an argument with the, the Elvis bust at uh, Juanita's in, on Coleman in Mount Pleasant, and it was a two or three minute argument until we had to tell her that was the bust at Juanita's. She didn't believe us. Thank God, there, you know, we had photos of that. I had the hardest time moving back to Annapolis oh and finding friends, and like. Really, that's not a me thing, right? Like, I'm yeah. talking to anybody, it's the people, it's mm-hmm. the family of the people. Because even as like, I am a Peter Pan, let's be I'm 43 years old, and I party for I party for a living. So as you can imagine, I every couple of years I'm having to kind of roll over my friend group because right. they're they're aging out. Yeah, <laughs> they're but getting, not you. They're getting married. One of my closest friends just had a baby yesterday. Oh, um, like they're aging out of my lifestyle. I don't want to. It's like. 
I'm constantly having to like get a, a new influx of friends to mm-hmm. at least to the, to the the going out and partying side of things. Like, right? Um, it, it's never really been a difficult thing. And no, I can tell you maybe five by twenty years, there's five people I think are shady here, mm. or that are shady enough pulled off something shady, whether it was to me or somebody close. Like most people who are shady are so shady that you can tell they're shady coming from a mile away. Yeah. But most people aren't shady here. Like it's mostly good people, and it's the people. I just go back to the people. I love the people. And I throw parties for the people. Yes. I completely agree. That's like, I, I think when I first moved here, like the, obviously the, my reasoning was like, oh my gosh, well, it's so beautiful here. Like, that's why I love it, which is, that's obviously like so true. But and then it was like, oh, the food scene and then this and that. But I'm like, at this point, it's the people. It's like the people that I've met and the people that I continue to meet, especially in just being in social media and now events and like everything. It's like, I'm just meeting such great people like every week. <laughs> Yeah, met you today. <laughs> Another new friend. I'd say people weather. People water weather. Mm. People water weather. That think, I think that's it too. I think that's it for me too. I'd say 70% people, 20% water, 10% weather. Yeah. Yeah, because I am also like, I grew up a swimmer and I'm just like, I'm such like a water person. And I was like living in Delaware and going to school in Pennsylvania. I'm like, there's no, obviously the beaches aren't that far, but I was like, there's nothing, there's nothing like being able to just go walk around here and like see water. And yeah. even, drive, even driving over a bridge. Like, that sounds so stupid, but, like, I love driving over the bridges here. Right. Because it's just so beautiful. Like, 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 I don't know. If you've lived here for, like, five years, you still, like, even though you've seen this shit a thousand times, there's going to be that one out of ten times you drive over the bridge, you're just like, man. Like, where? Like, I fucking live here. Like, yes. how many places can people live and you're constantly just paused in your normal day activities that, that's party routines and things that you're exposed to all the damn time just catch your eye that one time and you just pause, like, I fucking live here. And I love that you say that and you've been here for over 20 years because there's people in my TikTok comments that are like, so like, if I like talk about that, literally that exact same situation, people will just be so nasty and be like, oh my gosh, like, it's so obvious you just moved here. Like Charleston's not that great and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, most, the majority of people who live here, like, do not take it for granted. I would never live anybody else, anywhere else in this country. Yeah. No, I'm in the exact same way. Ever. Like, there's so many, I mean, there's so much to do here and it's like, like, continuously growing i won't leave mount pleasant yeah like i will never leave the area but i won't leave mount pleasant like mm-hmm. i live in a shitty little townhouse but i live right by the beach oh, and i will not move out of that house so i can afford an actual real house in mount pleasant yeah i love mount pleasant too so buy tickets to my events kids <laughs> <laughs> help him buy a house so we have the onesie bar crawl on january 27th uh we launched st patrick's day bar crawl yesterday which shattered all opening day records we've ever had. Prior to Halloween this year, our record was 1,007 people for a bar crawl. We mm-hmm. did 1,055, sorry, 1,555 for Halloween. We, we, we sold out three times. Like, we literally had to add a bar, which got us two more, 200 more people. That sold out in an hour. I found another bar, thank God. We sat able to sell 200 more tickets. Those sold out in an hour, and that we were done. Like, we, there was no more bars we could put on the crawl. So, like, we probably could have done 1,800 to 2,000 bar crawlers. With that said, St. Patrick's Day's launch yesterday doubled our previous record for launch day. That's amazing. If you try to get tickets to the Halloween crawl and you weren't able to, remember that pain, that feeling. You guys were complaining all over social media. There's nothing more I can do. I would trust me. broke my heart. I wanted to make the money too. But I also wanted to deliver for you guys. Don't find yourself in that situation again. Get your tickets to our events early. We offer refunds. Full refunds, no questions asked, up until the week of our events. Mm, that's good. Besides like a Gatsby or something. But any bar right. crawl, a week of. And our tickets start at 8 bucks. You're buying them day off for $34. Oh my God. I didn't realize that. And we refund your money if you don't want to go the week prior. So if it was me, again, I think we talked about it on air. I'm cheap. <laughs> yes. 
If I was a consumer and I found and I found a company like mine, I would buy the eight dollar ticket every day, mm-hmm. every time it dropped. I'm not sure I would refund them. But even think about it, thirty four divided by eight. Yeah. How many crawls do you have to waste tickets on before you're black before you've actually in the money by buying my eight dollar tickets? I lose money on the eight dollar tickets. But I do it to get the you know the get the, people excited. Yeah. That's smart. The critical yeah. mass, if you will. Yes. Excuse me. So St. Patrick's Day dropped yesterday. Tickets are still eight bucks. Well, I guess this is dropping next week. They dropped last. They dropped last week. Yeah, yeah, so yes. Yeah, so we're recording this. They're thirteen dollars now. Get them before they go up because they're thirty-four day of. If there is even going to be day of tickets, I think we're going to sell out. I mean, we're going to sell out again. Mm-hmm. This is going to slide. This this has got a chance to to beat Halloween. I think. Yeah, sounds like it. I mean, at this rate. Yeah. Also, thirteen dollars is still so good. Four dollar Bud Lights, five dollar Tito's, like four dollars. So three dollar Bud Lights. $3 Bud Lights, Damn. $4 Twisted Teas, $4 Shots, $5 Tito's, $5 Cutwater Tequila Cocktails. Oh, wow. $6 for, for Tito's and Red Bull at like Republic. Come on. Yeah. That's like a $13 cocktail. Yeah. Plus the experience and the fun with the costumes. Because I mean, how many people can get 200, 400, 500,000 people to show up in a costume or something? Right. The koozies, the swag from our sponsors. And if you finish the bar crawl, with if you're the first 300 some odd for the smaller ones and 500 for the bigger ones, you get these dope-ass bar crawl shirts. Oh my god, love. Sounds like a good bang for your buck. I wish we weren't so successful of late. I would have brought you a bar crawl shirt. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't have any extras. I did bring you some Tito's sunnies. Okay. Yes, we have we have Tito's sunglasses. So as I said, I tried to get you an espresso martini, but the bar was closed. That's okay. The sunglasses are a close second. <laughs> um, okay, well, really quickly, we're gonna go back to your little comment about being a Peter Pan. And oh, we're gonna yeah, talk yeah. a little bit about Charleston dating because it's not the Charleston Diaries if we don't talk dating. Yeah. So are you single? You don't have to answer that um, fully. But. No titles are attached. No titles are attached. And okay. that, I'm not trying to be dodgy like some people recently on reality TV. Right. Oh. Dude, there, I, yes, we are not We are not pursuing others at this okay. time. Okay, 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 understood. So, yeah, so, and now being in Charleston for 20-ish years, um, what is your take on Charleston dating? Fuck, it sucks. It sucks, it does. From a male's perspective, obviously, I only, I know it from my perspective and I only know it from, you know, a couple years of trying so what like from a male's perspective like do you believe like that there's a lot more women than men and that like no. guys take advantage of that you don't believe that no i love the whole stupid it's but they've been saying this since i got here it's five to one guys and girls that is absolutely asinine <laughs> it's not 80 percent girls. No, like, i know i know it's dramatic it's, I, it, yeah but I will say there is a significantly higher percentage of the female population that is beautiful than almost anywhere I've ever been. Yes. So that probably skews the con. That probably skews it from everybody's side because guys are seeing infinitely more beautiful women yeah. than they're used to, and okay. women are seeing their equals or higher, and that's intimidating to them or turning them off, whatever the case may be. But right. no, yes, are there more women here than men? Yes. Is it dramatic? No. It, the gap is the. The women here are so much more beautiful than most other places that, and I think that's what people are focused on when they're trying to head count girls and guys mm-hmm. in a bar. It's how many hot girls are in a bar yeah. and then how many dudes are in a bar. Right. And that ratio in most places is a lot worse than it is here. Uh-huh. Okay. That's a good point. I never thought of it like that. Interesting. I'm a lot more analytical than I, than I come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, okay. What's your take on dating apps? Hit or miss. I mean, just like dating in real life, it's all hit or miss. Um, I think organic is obviously the best way to go about it. Yes. But 
Well, I had, had one girl I called my girlfriend off of a dating app. I was going to say, have you found success in dating apps? No. No. No, but I don't find a lot of success out. <laughs> the problem I found. In the wild. I, the problem I, I think for me, the problem in the wild is I took like eight years off of my, even like caring. Okay. If that makes sense. I, I totally understand. And I not take, caring about people, like yeah. caring about like the dating world. Like, yes. I totally get that. You know, definitely didn't try. Like it was like never, like I also have never once in my entire life said, hey, let's go out and meet girls. Yeah. I've never been that guy. If it well, happens, that's good though. If it happens, it happens. Right. That's like, the I, mindset. I, I had like an eight year run where I just, I didn't even really care. Like part of it was the, part of it was focused on building this company as well. Mm-hmm. I drink a lot. Yeah. And shots are my disaster. Uh-huh. And I'm very social. So like, you know, a lot of people really enjoy my company. I guess that makes sense. So like every time I go out, like I'm being offered 2025 shots. Yeah. Oh God. And so like, if you turn down 10, What's the difference between 15 and 25, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you're going to be blackout at 15. Yes. And I think that's also been my downfall with uh, mm-hmm. pursuing the female population is like, it doesn't really convey well. Yes, that's true. Yeah, we can't understand that. We can't <laughs> no. understand your drunk language. And I don't have like the plastic, I don't have like the metal black Amex that can do the talking for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, blah, 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 blah. Maserati keys, black Amex. I understood everything you said. Right. <laughs> Do you think there's a lot of girls in Charleston that are only like after guys with money? To find the word a lot. <laughs> percentage or volume? Uh, both. I don't think it's a high percentage, but I think the volume's there for sure. Mm, I mean, yeah. That's so funny because it's just like, that's not, obviously that's not my vibe, but. I'm I would say, and I, I, I do know a, 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 a good percentage of the population of females here. I would say 20% probably are instant, either one of two, height or money. Yeah. Well, I, well, height is, you know, but you can't control it. You can't control that. But if I'm a tall girl, I want to date a guy that's taller than me. I'm not worried about, yeah, you're, you said on your pot, you're 5'10. Yeah. I'm 5'10. I don't yeah. want to date you. You're, yeah. you're tall. <laughs> okay. I got it. Like, you're five foot five girls. Like, yes. Well, and that's the difference. I, I can ride that ride. Like, yes. I don't need to be 6'5 to ride the 5'5 five, five ride. That, I agree with that. <laughs> like, See, I agree with that. 5'10, you have the right to say 6'2 is a minimum. Yeah. Exactly. I want to wear heels. Get it. Yes. Get it. I get some five eight girls. I'm not. I am not. I've not reached the height to write. Because you want to wear heels. I mean, how often you wear heels that if you really care about each other is gonna be an issue, right? So I get it. There's some gray areas, but yeah, five five. You know, I or below. Oh, I know. It, it drives me nuts when girls are like, "I need a guy that's like six five. I'm like, "Okay, well, you, you don't. That's You're not fair. five two, a buck two. <laughs> I can protect you. Seriously, a guy who's five five can protect you. Right. <laughs> I'm a great cuddler. <laughs> Hear that, ladies? Oh, wait. He's kind of taken. Never mind. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was at a date auction. Uh, Caitlin, your yes. first second guest yes. besides, besides the queen. Mm-hmm. Your second guest. <laughs> yes. Caitlin put on a date auction in oh, December. At, at Frontier? Oh, I wanted to go to that. She asked me to be in it. My first response was like, what the fuck are you thinking? What the fuck's going to bid on me? And uh, I was like... <laughs> Long story short, I'll try. I was like, I'll, fine, I'll fucking do it. I was like, you gotta plant somebody to make sure I don't go for an embarrassing low number. That's all I said. Yeah, they, that didn't happen. But this this girl I'm seeing now was uh, she won me at the date auction. No way. Yeah. Well, oh and the best part is, we started chatting offline. We haven't done the date that she bid on, and she won. What was the date? What was the date? So I'm, I'm a lot smarter than I look. <laughs> uh, I built an entire date package, so you were bidding on that. And the experience versus this. So it was Bud Light's tickets at the CFC game. Oh. Um, apps and drinks at Sharehouse, apps and drinks at Ritual, 
drinks. So basically, it was a bar crawl. Oh, it's like, man, you're doing all of this? Yeah. Like, in one date? Well, so the the way it was written, to be said, I also was the only one to write my own biography, my own bio, because uh, this isn't selling. <laughs> I'm aware. I'm a very uh, self-aware person. Uh, and so the way I wrote it was, you get all these gift cards and all this stuff. It's like a five or $600 value. It to be used that night or with when one of you gets overserved or you decide to lemon law him, whatever happens first. What is that? What does lemon law mean? From How I Met Your Mother? I've been, I only watched the first couple of seasons of that show. I never finished it. The lemon law was actually early on. Oh. Uh, Barney's theory was called the lemon law. And so you can decide within the first 10 minutes of a date if you don't want to, if you don't want to waste the rest of your time or night anymore with that person. Oh, okay. I've taken it a little bit further. You can decide the first 15 minutes and then every hour on the hour, you can lemon law. Yeah, because I feel like it's like you know more, obviously, the longer you're with the person. I've never used it. Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever used it on me. But I, so I, I, as you can imagine, dating me is probably a different experience. I always sit down in the first date if it's a, if it's like we don't really know each other. Yeah. Like, let's say it's off a dating app. Yeah. Like, I'll sit down on the first date and I'll just say, hey, by the way, take all rules and regulations of a normal date and throw them out the fucking window. You're on a date with Jared. Get, strap your seatbelt on and get ready for the fucking ride. Then I immediately explain the lemon law. And I will check in with you, her. You tell her? Oh, you have to tell the lemon law. Oh. Even Barney does it. And the girl, so in the, and when he goes to execute it, lemon law is a girl. goes, tell your friends it's a thing. Oh, my At God. At the end of the episode, he's talking to a girl, and she, he gets lemon law. goes, it's a thing. Uh, so I tell the girl, that, you know, throw out throw, normal rules. Like, we're, we're going on a ride. Like, this mm-hmm. is going to be an experience. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell, if you hang around long enough, you're at least going to tell your friends about it. <laughs> and then I explain the lemon law, and I will ask her 15 minutes in, do you want to exercise your lemon law? I'll ask her the first two or three hours. I'm not going to lie. My average first date's like six and a half, seven hours. Oh my God. I am really what good at first dates. I am terrible at three months in, but I am great on first dates. Well, hey, you know how to woo them. So <laughs> it counts for something, right? Yeah. Oh my God. I would cry if somebody lemon lawed me. I haven't been, I have never used it and nobody's used it on me, but I definitely put that into the bio. Like if somebody gets too, if anybody gets too blacked out, you can call it. And they, oh, then well, she, she got smart. She got the key. Sorry. We don't have to do it all in one day. And if it wasn't somebody that I ended up hanging out with, she got to keep the gift cards. So like, let's say she lemon law or one of us was too blacked out by bar three. She would then get to keep the rest of the gift cards. Oh, I wanted her to bill in the package, which right. was what elevated my yes. value. Cause again, I know what this, this value is. Stop it, it. It ain't high. <laughs> it ain't high ladies. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. Well, what was your first date then? If you didn't go to any of those things, we went to, oh, what the fuck's it called? It's a bar up the basement in Mount Pleasant. Oh, I don't know that. And that's why I went there. So I've been around Charleston for, for a long time. Like I'm in the event space. Like, like you who actually has Instagram followers, I get invited like all the influencer parties and whatnot. Like mm-hmm. we went to one last night. It's like, I kind of know everybody. Yeah. And so it's difficult to go on a date because people constantly, especially when you're somebody who doesn't date. Yes. They're like, Oh, he's just at the bar. I'll go, I'll go bother him and you know, buy shots and blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. You know, if you were, if you were somebody who dated on a regular basis, they would probably have a little more like, Oh, he's on a date. We'll probably right. No, I'm the drunk. So everybody's <laughs> like, Oh, let's do some shots. Just like they, and they don't ever pick up on hints. So I was like, let's go somewhere. Nobody. Well, that's smart in general. I did that last year. And I went out to Sullivan's. That's smart though. Fucking crash and burn, right? Oh. Fucking like seven people. I knew that wanted all uh, these shots. And of course. So I was like, I gotta go further. <laughs> so, like, let's go to 41. So went to the basement. They have some arcade games when I um food was great. It's a bar food, but it's a good bar food. Half the damn arcade games were broken. So I thought like at least it's an activity to do with to get to know each other. So we ended up just having to sit there and chat, which was ended up being really good. I mean, hey, that works too. It ended up being really it's good. No, important. she's awesome. Good. Really cool person. Yeah, I feel like, well, I feel like I haven't I haven't dated much in the past however many months, but I'm like there I would be going on dates like 
when I first started TikTok and stuff, and I'm like, I feel like people are just staring at me. And then the people would DM me and be like, oh my God, I saw you on a date. I'm like, okay. I went out to dinner with a friend. It was a friend's roommate. So it wasn't even like that's why I was that close with. So maybe that was why. Within 90 seconds of being at, it was the pop-up place on uh, Coleman for Christmas last year. The um, Under the boulevard. You know, the... Oh, um... Handcraft. Handcraft, yes. So it was the Christmas bizarre thing. They had the Christmas stuff. Yeah. Within 90 seconds of sitting down, I got a text. I hear you're on a date. Oh. What the fuck? Are... Like, how? But I'm not that popular. Like, you get it. Like, you have Instagram followers. You're mm-hmm. beautiful. Like, I'm this. Like, why is this my life? Like, you, it makes sense that you would have this life. Well, people care. People just really care about other people's personal lives. I've found that. Like, I mean, because here's the thing. I care. Right. If I saw you out with a girl, I'd be like, oh my God, he's on a date. But it wasn't, know, somebody, I, yeah. it wasn't somebody at the restaurant. Somebody at the restaurant texted somebody and that somebody texted me. But see, that's so funny though. See, I, I think that's hilarious. It's annoying, but it's like also funny. It's, well, it's, it's the um, imposter syndrome. Yes. I suffer from that immensely. Oh my God, me too. We were in Mexico for, it keeps going up, for my 40th. <laughs> yeah. um, again, I'm 43. I know I, I look 38. <laughs> um, I had 28 or 29. We still don't know how many people we had. Because oh, one girl booked the shuttles and one girl booked the rooms and they differ on how many people we had. So it, oh, let's so- call it 28 and a half people. I'm nobody. Like, nobody in Mexico knows me. And they got the steakhouse shut down on Saturday night for my birthday. Oh, my God. And I literally left dinner after, like, crying. Like, I literally had to leave to cry outside Aww. because of my imposter syndrome. I didn't believe I was worth 20 people going to Mexico for. Yeah. No, Even though I was rationalized, like, they might not be here for me. They just knew the 25 other fun people were going. And it was just a great vacation. And my birthday happened to be the reason. Like, yeah. It's like, that's just how my brain works. Like, I get that though. I totally get that where I'm just, sometimes I'm just like, I can't believe that anything is real. Yeah. I can't believe this is happening. This to is me. happening. Like, it's like, why do people care? Like even when people, like I'll like meet people out and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I love your TikToks. And I'm like, really? Like you care? <laughs> like, I'm like, huh? What? Strangers? It's crazy. Yes. It's so wild to me. And I'm like, I, I don't think I will ever get over that. Cause I'm, I'm also like, I would never have like the courage to go up to somebody and say hi. Soberly. I don't, but I have four or five friends. <laughs> That I've met at all, shockingly, all at Reds. There's a theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've, like, you're, I walked up to like, it's not sober, but hi, you're so and so. Like, yeah, I'm like, hi, I run Blue Steel Productions. Like, we've been following each other for years. We've DM'd a little bit, but like, obviously, this is one of my first debuts of my face on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've purposely hidden this. this is nobody's buying tickets to hang out with this. This is that's why I've been stop it. We need to get you um some confidence over here. Uh, well mostly it was because I didn't want people to see me drink a shit blabbering and like, mumbling at a bar like I'm not gonna go <laughs> yeah, they're like never mind <laughs> tarnish my brand. <laughs> so yeah there's four or five friends that I've just walked into you know highly buzzed at red like hey you're so and so. Yeah. Like yeah I'm like oh sorry you don't know my face. I am so and so like oh fuck yeah now we're like we're friends and like we hang out all the time. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it does happen. When you're drunk, it definitely helps. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What are you doing tonight? <laughs> well, I do have one final question for you. Yes. Um, I think you'll like this one. What is the weirdest thing about you? Ooh, I love that. Again, wish you would have given it to me ahead of time. Sorry. Because there's a shit ton. On the spot. Weirdest thing about me. Well, I don't wear shoes, but that's not really weird. I, I, I think that is a little weird. I don't drive. My car is a tooth. I mean, I, I have a car, oh. but I just never drive because I drink too much. Okay. So I Uber everywhere. There's been dozens of business meetings that I've Ubered to that we didn't not having drinks. But like my business meetings are with alcohol people. Oh, well, that's... they have corporate cards, people. So like, <laughs> you don't know if you're having 10 martinis at lunch or you're not. Like That's true. Okay, that's fair. So for safety, I'll just, you know, so my car's got 31,800 miles on it. It's a 2018. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Wow. Devin at Reds, right? I said this like six months ago. Devin at Reds, like, dude, like, I'm at like 26. I'm like, fuck, you make me look bad. And his car's the same year as mine. I'm like, make me look bad. Oh my God. <laughs> that is impressive. Though. Weird. I, I'm, I'm a walking conundrum. So, like, I'm just as much of an introvert as I am an extrovert. Like, okay. I need, like, my, I don't go out much. Like, I only go out on the weekdays if I have to for, like, things. Like, we went to uh, Remington events. Yes. Uh, influencer party last night. Uh huh. Like, tonight, my business partner is guest bartending at Frontier mm-hmm. to help raise money for animal shelters. So I, I got But if it's not something like that, I don't go out there. Wait, that, that, I'm that, the same way. That's yeah. my time to recharge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play a lot of Call of Duty. Do you? Oh, fuck ton. You're one of those. So, like, but, like, that's my way of recharging. Yeah. And I didn't realize that was my way. Like, it's it's my intro. Even though I'm hanging out with my friends, I don't, like, I'm hanging out with people I know. But, like, I can get off whenever. Like, I can yes. turn off the system whenever I want. Like, I, I totally get that. I play how I want to play. Like, I'm doing, I'm in total control. I'm doing what I want to do. And I still get to have some social interaction with my friends. Yeah. Don't drive. I don't drive. I don't wear shoes. <laughs> you don't wear shoes. Okay. I don't wear shoes because of socks. Socks are prisons for your feet, but my feet smell too much in shoes without socks. Ergo, no shoes. <laughs> Probably the weirdest thing about me is I have I have that linear rational reasoning for so many odd things that you've never even processed. Like you've never even given a thought to like why would somebody do that? And I have an entire rational reason behind it, and it makes fucking sense once I explain. <laughs> I'm just speechless. Um, like I mean, you don't wear sh- like how I'm on the board of a charity. I did not wear shoes to our first gala. Oh, and the director said something to me about it. So I wore shoes the second time, and the rest of the board came up to me and said how uncomfortable they were seeing me in shoes, and I was not allowed to wear shoes anymore. <laughs> um, I was the wedding in Cabo. We mentioned the wedding in Cabo on, on air. I don't, yeah. Uh, no, that was off air. But so I was in a wedding. I was in a wedding in Cabo in November. And um, well, you don't need to wear shoes in Cabo. No, it was a beachfront. It was an yeah. elegant beachfront wedding. Yeah, I was in the wedding, so I took that seriously. But the bride felt, and I've been super close friends with her for eight years. Like she's in my top six when you open your phone and people you text the most. Yes. Like my MySpace top five. I fucking love yeah, I'm like, wow. Right, I'm constantly moving that shit. But the problem is on MySpace, they got to see they got demoted. On your, on your phone, they don't see her demoted. Yeah. Anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> she felt the need to text me 10 times and I wasn't wearing her shoes. Like I wasn't allowed to wear flip flops, so I had to wear shoes. I'm like, we were all instructed to buy crazy brown shoes for your wedding. Like I, it wasn't like just don't wear flip flops. We had specific instructions on our footwear. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna fuck your wedding up from that. Yeah. I'm gonna fuck it up some other way. Yeah, but at least you got the shoes. But like something I plan going into Cabo, like I'm gonna knock that stuff out. Like, yes. Right. My, you know, my, my, again, might fuck up some other way. But like things I could have controlled prior with planning and when I'm in my adult phase, mm-hmm. not gonna fuck it up. Yeah. Not a wild card day of it. <laughs> but that, like, you know, keeps everybody on their toes. Weirdest thing about me, I used to be a gymnast. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> So I was grounded from like the fourth grade through the eighth grade. And I was only allowed to do extracurricular activities. And I never was that phase of Ooh, girls have cuties. Yeah. When I was chasing you guys on the playground, I was trying to catch it. I was engaged at two and I was engaging it at five. Like I never thought women had cuties. Oh, wow. And so when I got grounded, I was only allowed to do extracurricular activities. I'm like, well, where's the highest percentage of women compared to the men? I'm like, gymnastics. Oh my God. And so I did gymnastics, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. Were you good? That's was fucking good. I did the uneven bars. I did the pummel horse and I had a floor routine. <laughs> so this is funny. So then uh, when Frontier opened up, I went to their opening night and their social media manager came up to the table. It was like me and six chicks. There's a theme. Uh-huh. And they're like, can anybody do a cartwheel? Nobody responded. Like, I actually can. And so from 1988 until 837 that night, I could in fact do a cartwheel. Unfortunately, I tried to do it at 839 oh. on the back patio, which is all concrete. Oh, no. And the right arm completely gave out. And that's the one I started with. And I came down and heard like three or four cracks. Like, 
I think Neil said he heard the cracks. Oh my god. Uh, he kept texting me, "Dude, I'm not going to sue you. I'm the one who did it. Like you're my friend. Yeah, he's probably like, you're my friend. You're my friend." And so, uh, so yeah, like apparently I can't do carpools anymore. I did one like two or three weeks prior, and it was it wasn't beautiful, but I was safe. Well, well, why did you do the one the couple of weeks prior? Why was that? Because a good looking girl who ran social media wanted me to do one, and I'm very susceptible to beautiful women. Plus, I was trying to get good content from my friend's bar. Okay, makes sense. Anything for the bit. Yes. Anything for anything the bit. Anything for the bit. That's also my mom. Yeah. My best friend and I, so try to get this quick. He kidnapped me and took me to Miami when we were in college. Okay. Solely for the bit. And oh we're God. still telling the story. Kidnapped you? I walked out of class at 153 and he called me. I said, what are you doing? I'm like, obviously walking out of fucking classes while you call me at 153. College Charleston classes on Mondays and Fridays, Wednesdays and Fridays, and at 153. Oh. So what are you doing now? What are you doing this week? I don't know. I'm drinking the fried house. Like, wrong. I go through a bunch of things. Like, wrong. I'm like, fuck, just tell him what we're doing. Yeah, like, what are we doing? We're going to Miami. I'm like, I'm going to Miami. Anywhere he wears me down. He's still my best friend to this day. Oh, no, fine. Give me a half an hour. I'm going to pack him back and meet the fat ass. He goes, no. I'm like, I need clothes. Like, I'm already, I've already broken in your house. I've broken in your room. I've already packed you a bag. Oh, my. I'm like, well, who else is going? He's like, Garrett. Garrett, who now owns Max Place on East Bay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's well, Garrett? He goes, no, I'm breaking in his house next. I'll call you in a half an hour. Oh, my God. And he kidnapped us and took us to Miami. That is hilarious. And we spent more time in the car than we did awake there. But we're telling the story 20. Two, 23 years later. I mean, that's a good story. The bit, yeah. Oh, that's oh, the story is definitely longer. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. But we love a kidnapping moment. I got yeah, definitely got kidnapped. That's hilarious. I had to call my parents from the car because I'm like, in case something happens, Ryan has kidnapped yeah. me. They met Ryan at the yeah. time. Well, at least that's good. They know. They they now know. They love Ryan now, but they at least knew of him at the time. Like Ryan has kidnapped me. Yeah. Like if you see credit card charges, yeah. like this is it. Yes, like I don't have, a, I don't have a say, mom. <laughs> He's making me do it. He's making me do it. That is so funny. Yeah, I'm stole sorry. my ex-wife's car for a bit. Oh, we, me and Ryan, same guy. We were going skiing for New Year's one year, and it was him and his now wife, and me and my current time wife. And uh, we get to the gas station. I was like, "Hey, ladies, why don't you guys go inside and get some provisions for the ride? Let me just some snacky roos, you know." And Ryan just, whenever one of us doesn't know what the other one's doing, we just stop and play along because, like, we know yes, he's trying to fuck some shit up. Uh-huh. We invented Uber, and I'll tell you that story at a different time. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but I was like, as soon as Susan goes, I'm like, get the fucking car. We both smoke cigarettes at the time, and he doesn't now, I do. And neither women did. We had both the women's car. We had my wife's car and his girlfriend at the time's car. It's like, get the fucking car. It's like, we stole my ex wife's car so we could smoke. But we, we were only going two and a half hours. So we had to drive fast enough from them that we had time to detail the car. Oh. Before they got to the lodge. So we did all that, and she had this little shitty Honda Civic that was like a four cylinder, and we were going to the mountains. It's uh-huh. not, you know, it was snow and ice everywhere. So we get like right before we get to the turn up to the left onto our street, and the car starts sliding backwards. And we see these fucking lights come up behind us. I'm like, God damn it, that's a Passat. That's definitely Sherry. The girls have caught us. So we slide on. Like, it was like, your car's not going to make it to the mountain. Just go ahead and pull it. And Sherry, the, the Passat had a six, it was a V6, so it was fine. Uh-huh. So you just go pull up the house, like, girls, park in front of the house, we'll get the luggage. Don't worry about it. We got to go back down the mountain. You need more momentum. We need to get we need to go up the mountain as fast as we possibly can to get this car to make the turn. It was like the scene from um, Just Married. Like I'm ramming the gate. <laughs> so I figured out exactly how fast I could make that 90 degree turn on the mountain from the two lane highway prior. It was like 68 miles an hour. And thank God I did it. 67 went to work. We got right to that top and like the tire spun on, made the left. I get there and my wife, the house was recessed from the road. And my wife at the time was now face down on the ice. And her luggage has exploded. Oh. And I looked around like, should we just go back? Like, oh, my God. We've already stolen the car. They know I stole the smoke in it. 
And now she was talking about you. You know how you girls can be. Uh, yeah, right. I'll take care of the luggage. I know I'm in the hot water. Let me help you. No, I'm going to do my own luggage. And she fucking ate it down the hill. She's face down. Her luggage is all over the fucking front lawn. Sherry's on her ass, but that's her. That was that's Ryan's wife. But her luggage is still intact. I'm like, should we just go back, bro? Oh my like, God. you're like run away. <laughs> yeah, like we've like I don't know. If, so then we took her car back down the bottom of the mountain because it wasn't a parking and, and at the house, and um, we left the dome light on and burned her battery out. Oh my God. <laughs> Shockingly, ladies and gentlemen, I divorced her. I was going to say, I'm like, yeah, did she like, try and run away after this? I divorced her, shockingly. Wow. Wow. And what a turn of events that is. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, there's no weirdest thing. I'm just a weird motherfucker. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot. I mean, I'm sure you have more. You should have asked that question. I could have came with a fucking PowerPoint presentation. Yes. Yeah. Well, next time. <laughs> you think on that, and then you can come back and tell us more. Absolutely. Because I'm sure you have a lot of stories. Well, I want to congratulate you on your success. Like, you are very impressive. I. For my all my previous roles and doing this, I think one of my biggest skill sets is a judge of talent. And I like two minutes in, you gave me a lot of what's her name, the Cooper girl, Alex Cooper. You gave me a lot of Alex Cooper vibes without being what's the word um, promiscuous. Mm-hmm. And for somebody to do that at your age, that early in, like you didn't have trial and error. I mean, I found Alex probably three years into her podcast. Yeah, like a minute and a half into your podcast, I already had those vibes, but from a more professional and classier human being mm-hmm. if that makes sense and yes. maybe she's not like that in real life but that's her character she plays right but to do that that quick and the success you've had at your events like i do the events more i know how hard it is and for you to be able to you know was your second or third event sold out um i actually didn't get a sold out one until my seventh event so still. you know hey it took some time <laughs> but that's okay that's still amazing but that's still amazing like yes to sell out your seventh time when you I'm trying to be disparaging. You didn't know what the fuck you're doing. I did not know what the fuck I was doing. And I was, I have, have been doing it by myself this whole time too. Yeah. Right. And you've learned this TikTok thing. And I mean, I know you, you're what, like 8,000 on Instagram. What are you, what are you on TikTok? Uh, 54K. Fuck. Like, and you figured that all out shit. Like, you figured all that shit out yourself. But you're also smart enough to know that I need to diversify my revenue streams because not one of them is going to pay my bills. Right. Like, I just think you're very impressive. And I, I've started, you know, when you, I, I guess I reached out to you, but once I did that and you said yes, I started doing some more research. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I've been very impressed. And I would love to collab with you on an event sometime. Absolutely. I mean, anybody out there, when I said earlier, if you have an idea for an event, I'm opening to work with you as well. <laughs> yes. Send them. Send them our way. Maybe the three of us can work together on an event. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So much. There's just so much. Like, I, that's why it's so great to be doing this in Charleston, because like, I literally feel like the opportunities are endless. Well, you know, it's not a cutthroat city. Exactly. Like, unless you're a shady person or you've done so, or like, really, unless you're a shady person. Who is like, you know, I don't even say cutthroat, but like everybody wants to work together, right? Yeah. It's such a collaborative city. I think it's so beautiful for your social media, for the event space. Like nobody, like there's like two dicks in my, in my space mm-hmm. and not my space, like in yeah. the, event space. the event space. Yes. But the other people, like if you have a question, like hey, I have a concept, like you can call your competition here once you develop relationships and say, Hey, I have this idea. What do you think is going to work? Have you done anything close to this? If so, like what were your mistakes? What were the mm-hmm. lessons you learned? Don't give that information for free. That information is worth tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. You just have to ask. Everybody wants to see everybody succeed as long as like, okay, don't see I have an event on this date and then spike my day. Right. That's when things get a little little different. You be, be, good begets good, right? Yes. Like if you do good, like, and that's, that's why, but this city more than anywhere else, like, you know, DC, Baltimore, and Apples, it's such a cutthroat, like rat race up there. Yeah. You're not getting help from your competition. Everybody everybody over there is trying to cut your legs out from underneath you. I know. And I feel like people are mean. At least people are nice here. Fucking suck. I said I struggled to have fr- to make friends when I went back. Yeah. But like yeah. So 
I don't know what the hell the question was, but yes, people. I don't, I don't think I asked the, the collaborative <laughs> process in the event space is awesome. Yes, yes, it is. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was sorry so to awesome. bend your ear so much. <laughs> no, I loved it, and this was really great because this was the first time I have done this with someone I just met this day. Yeah, so I feel like this was awesome. Ten minutes before we cut on air. Yeah, it was so great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate of course. It. And so, where can everybody find you? What is uh, Blue Steel's Instagram? Blue Steel Productions on Instagram. Uh, I am on Facebook. We don't have TikToks. So if anybody wants to run a TikTok account for us, happy to pay you commission on tickets you sell through your TikTok uh, account. There you go. I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey. Need YouTube. <laughs> Need YouTube help. Uh, just Blue Steel, Blue Steel Productions. Yeah. It's pretty much us everywhere. Perfect. Instagram, Facebook. We have a website. There's no, there's no, there's no TikTok. That's okay. There's no uh, YouTube. Okay. And well, then when's your next, when's your guys' next event again? We have uh, the Onesie Bar Crawl. Onesie Bar Crawl. Uh, January 27th and the St. Patrick's Day Bar Crawl, St. Patrick's Bar Crawl is the Saturday before. So it's uh, March 16th. Perfect. Get those on your calendar, people, especially when this comes out. The Onesie Bar Crawl will only be a few days away. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be the that. Onesie Bar Crawl Saturday, kids. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so you better be there. <laughs> well, thank you so much again. And thank you guys for listening. Um, please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. And I will see you guys next time. Bye. Take care, guys.